0: I know you've been looking for a podcast, and I think I found the perfect one for you.
1: Ooh, what's it called?
0: It's Schmanners. <laughs> Listening to schmanners. This
1: is extraordinary etiquette
0: for ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove.
1: Hello, dear. How are you? Doing good. What's Doing up? Good? Well, we um,
0: never talk anymore except when we're sitting down at microphones. That's not true. We talk every day. We we do talk a lot. At least once.
1: You you talk a lot. Whoa, well, you
0: talk too. We have inner <laughs> in exchanges. We have full conversations. I can hear BB in the other room. (laughs) She's talking. She's there's somebody with her. We're not just like okay. Yes. So, what's shaking, Bacon? What's up?
1: I had a donut for breakfast. (gasps) That was yummy.
0: You did? Yeah. What
1: kind of donut? Tell me all about it. It's called a clunker. A clunker. I I figured out why it's weird, but it's good. It's weird and good. Why? Uh, the the donut salesperson said that it is a mix between a cake batter and a yeasted batter well so that's why it's a clunker because it doesn't quite really rise like a yeast does but it also doesn't quite taste like a cake anyway it's this really episode's good.
0: all about donuts <laughs> okay so add that to the list now we have to do an episode about donuts and an episode about speech debate okay um but this episode and making
1: a mentalist
0: okay um this like episode... a mentalist
1: do you say something about being a mentalist <laughs> I said, I'm making a mentalist, like the mentalist. I'm so proud that's of what, you. That's what he does, right?
0: Yeah, that's it. The whole, <laughs> the whole show is just about the guy going, oh, now I got to remember to get that. Um, <clears> that was a good joke. I like that joke. That was a joke I would make. I, I've been, sp- we spend too much time together. So this episode, speaking of spending time together. Yeah. Is about matchmaking. It is. Um, now, this is an interesting one like the thought, like the episode um subject occurred to me
1: mm-hmm.
0: then I immediately thought like wait is this still a thing? Because well, one, this will surprise absolutely no one, but Teresa and I have not been in the like dating world for I don't know, when we've been together, what, nine years?
1: Yeah, like a decade.
0: Yeah, basically a decade. So but I assume that there will always be Some form of this, right? And
1: right, uh, well, so, um, long before matchmaking apps mm -hmm. and websites, you know, like eHarmony and Tinder, (laughs) farmers only (laughs) things like that. Is farmers,
0: hey, everyone listening, is farmers only real, or is that just like I know I've seen an ad for it. But it only seems like a thing people reference when making a joke about dating websites. Or maybe that's just a McElroy thing. I don't, I don't know. know.
1: I don't know. But long before that, it was a profession. And a very culturally respected profession. Because it seems that when when people were getting married, and and we've talked about how marriage used to be more like you know 70, 75% uh business yeah right um when people were doing that people were young you know you didn't get out much there wasn't there wasn't the worldwide web mm-hmm. you know you couldn't it, the information didn't travel very far so when you were looking for a life partner to be with you You know Both in a loving relationship And a business relationship but you, 75% 75%
0: the one. Yeah. Um,
1: You needed help You know And I, I people were young And idealistic Everyone was I suppose. young
0: It was so much better I also assumed That there was a lot of like you like the fam because, like, we we keep saying it's like a business thing, right? So, you would want a negotiator, yeah, right? You would kind of want- a middleman, yeah. You would want somebody who, a middle like, person. A, fa- a facilitator, <laughs> you yeah. know, somebody who was like, okay, cool. The the thing I keep thinking of is like the families in Corpse Ride, you know, where like the ones new money and the ones more established, yeah. but broke, where it's like they would be like butting heads a lot, you know what I mean? So, you'd want some kind of facilitator who's like let me arrange everything
1: sure and you know you want someone who has kind of a, a a wide breadth of knowledge so that they can like kind of jigsaw people who they think will fit well together um, and
0: you mean they're like especially socially where especially it's like, socially you know these eight people and you know these 12 people and like within that there's four people that overlap so you probably have connections there and like it would make sense like i i sometimes think about especially when we discuss stuff like this on the show the politics that went into the social aspects of this of like Mm -hmm. well but i can't have this family dating someone from this family or these three families would be upset that they, you know what I mean like sure I sure. can't even imagine the 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 depth of knowledge you would have to have in gossip
1: mm-hmm. to be
0: able to do this
1: well and I I think that like you mentioned corpse bride takes place in in a Victorian esque society we're Um, recording
0: this near halloween i don't know (laughs) if that's clear we only have like eight family appropriate halloween movies that bb likes to watch and one of them is corpse ride she likes corpse ride she likes when the skeletons
1: dance yeah she does
0: she enjoys that part a lot
1: um but matchmaking as like a cultural profession is as old as the ancient greeks uh, the aztecs the chinese Everybody had this kind of, you know, person in their social structure Mm -hmm. because it it was necessary. You know, I from from the idea that young people can't be trusted to to do what's best for themselves and from, like you said, the complicated social strata. Um. Somebody had to be in charge of this kind of thing.
0: Yeah, just look at Romeo and Juliet. Two young people making decisions of themselves. I know. Look how that turns out. Sure you did. You know what I mean? Uh, is that? I don't think that's supposed to be the takeaway from Romeo and Juliet, though, is it? But, <laughs> young people. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's 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 one of the surrounding themes, I think.
0: Yeah, that's what we're supposed to take away. Like Romeo and Juliet is the Tide Pods of its day. Like, oh, mm-hmm. uh, young people, mm-hmm. they're always making bad mm-hmm. decisions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, several- take the Romeo and Juliet challenge.
1: Ooh, ooh, ooh. Several of these uh, cultural epicenters of society um, even, you know, are very popular today. And I read as much as 60% of marriages throughout the world are arranged. Yeah. um, Either by families or by a matchmaker. Um, So a very popular social kind of, you know, one of our popular culture people is you think of when you think of a matchmaker. Matchmaker, you think, matchmaker, maker, right. make me a match.
0: Find me a find, catch me a catch. From is that from Fiddler?
1: Yes, it is. Okay. Um Fiddler on the Roof. Fiddler on the Roof and one of the things that that has kind of permeated our society is the character in that show.
0: Yent Yen- Yenta. Yenta. Yenta.
1: Um and I would say that in popular culture, people call a matchmaker a yenta, but that's not really what that word means. What that word means is is and the... Yen, wait
0: yentol is the Barbara Streisand movie?
1: Yes, yes. Is that about matchmakers? I don't. No. I don't know. I've, I haven't seen it.
0: I've never seen it either. Oh no. Okay.
1: Um, but that word is a Yiddish word more about the. I guess, the personality of an older person. So someone, like you said, very well connected, the social status um, and also maybe a little bit of a gossip, although that's that can be good or bad. And that could
0: also just be everyone in a small town is a gossip. You know, Certainly. Can we also talk about I know that this isn't germane to the topic, but also in Filler on the Roof, there's a character named Laser Wolf. And it's still to my to this day is one of my favorite names ever. It's the guy who's supposed to marry one of the daughters, but instead, I think it's like the young baker or something marries her. But the character's name is Laser Wolf.
1: I'm certain that the pronunciation is different from what you're saying. It's
0: Laser Wolf. His name is Laser Wolf. I don't know how I could
1: be saying. Well, I I Hold bet on. if you said it in in an accent that is uh, appropriate for Fiddler on the Roof, it might sound. L a
0: z a r w o l f, laser wolf. I'm I'm. Ta- okay. I
1: believe you, but what I'm saying is, certainly it's spelled that way, but I don't think you're pronouncing it the way it's intended to be pronounced.
0: I listen. You might be right, but you can't take laser wolf away from <laughs> me.
1: Okay. Well, the real name for a. Uh, a matchmaker. Jew, a matchmaker in the Jewish community is Shakran.
0: Okay. I can see why people might default to Yenta instead. Yes. As, like, I, I mean, the, 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 I assume this is Yiddish, yeah?
1: Uh, That is Hebrew. Hebrew.
0: The y- non Hebrew speaker would maybe have an easier time with Yenta.
1: Yes. Yen, and Yenta is the Yiddish. Ah. Um, so, is a Yiddish name. Gotcha, gotcha gotcha. Not the Yiddish for matchmaker. Anyway. Gotcha. Um, and this tr- goes back all the way to Genesis. Um, so Phil Collins So um, the servant of Abraham is selecting a bride for Abraham's son by watching these women behave around a well. And Rebecca.
0: and that was the first well, actually
1: is the only one to pass what the what biblical scholars now call the camel test. So she offers water to um, Eliezer, Eliezer maybe, um, offers water to both him and all his camels from the well. Um, And that's Pretty generous of her, especially with her time, because there were 10 camels.
0: That's a lot of camels. That's a
1: lot of camels.
0: And you know what? Still to this day, if you're looking for someone to marry, it's a good way to go. See if they offer water to camels. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, I don't know, maybe horses, Mm
1: -hmm. and then
0: Mm -hmm. donkeys, and then ponies.
1: And then cows. And
0: then cows. Then
1: then goats.
0: And then you marry them. Right. Right there and then.
1: Another name for a matchmaker in ancient Greeks, Greece, was Promistria, as they were called, and basically they were like you said, the negotiators, and they even collected some of the dowry fee. huh? yeah, the same thing is true today in um small Irish towns um There's a specific Irish town that is very famous. For this kind of like matchmaker society. It's uh, in a spa town where people have flocked to bathe and drink in spa waters called Lin- Listunvaria. Nice. Us- L- Listunvarna. There it is. Listunvarna. Um, and this, like I said, is where. Uh, The traditional matchmakers are Irish working class men, tradesmen, um, because they pretty much, you know, do business with everyone in town. They know everyone's, you know, kids and they see everyone in town on a regular basis. So they have pretty good knowledge as to who's ready to get married, ready to settle down. Um, And like I said, they earn part of the dowry with a successful match.
0: There's a matchmaker scene in Mulan, right? I'm not making that up.
1: Yes, there is. Um, that is.
0: Is that is she a matchmaker or is she just like bride trainer?
1: No, she's totally a matchmaker, and um, the process of o- omi ai. Okay. Um. So there's the matchmaker in there, and she is called a nakado.
0: Okay. And and that, Or no
1: nakodo do Nakodo. That's a long over the O, Nakodo.
0: And it's it's a like that but that is like combination broad training and matchmaking, right? I, in I'm the just movie, picturing the scene.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the movie I suppose it is. Um but what it, again, it's still in use today. Uh, this is the person who sets up the meetings and, you know, almost sends pictures and resumes. Do you yeah. remember, um, there's another movie that has a matchmaker in it, Penelope? I made you watch that, oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I, at With first. With Christina Ricci? That's right. Yeah, at remember. first, I saw that movie and I was like, well, that's kind of weird. It's almost like a job application. but. But it is. It is kind of. And you can see the 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 matchmaker character. She has files of suitors and, you know, their pictures and almost resumes and stuff. It's very interesting. I'm gonna ask you
0: what may be a tricky question. How do you feel about it? Oh, this matchmaking and kind of as an a very organized businessy type thing.
1: Well, I feel that I think that it's a good way it's a good way to meet people uh to have someone kind of set you up as long as the matchmaker doesn't get offended if it's not the right person
0: yeah i've been sitting here thinking about it and it kind of feels like if everyone's on board with it
1: Mm -hmm.
0: i think it's great because that's the thing is i was also thinking about throughout my life like trying to think of other like of of times when i feel like i witnessed firsthand like matchmaking happening Mm -hmm. and i feel like there was a lot of that like growing up in southern baptist church where it was like well we'll get all the kids together and have them hang out and it wasn't necessarily like your daughter my son let's do this but it was much more of like mixers and sure yeah singles things um, and I'm also remembering, like, you know, middle school and high school of, like, my friend thinks you're cute. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys should go out on a date. Right. Right. And as long as everyone's cool with that. I think we've talked before about, like, dating and how to meet people. Absolutely. And one of the best ways I know to meet people is, like, friends of friends and that kind mm-hmm, of thing. And, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It feels like. I, one, one thing, like, I don't judge other cultures for this because, like, the way you do it, if it works, it works. Right. But I do feel like uh, what I'm used to culturally is a much looser structure of this that's still, like, we talk about dating websites. Right. That's matchmaking. Totally is. Right. We talk about, like, you know, friends of friends, like, hey, is your friend Deborah? She seems great. Is she single? Like, that's matchmaking. You know what I yep, mean? totally. Like, but I also do think, and we'll talk more about this when we get to the audience questions, there's also a form of this, of the, like, kind of surprise matchmaking. Oh, yeah. That I do not care do for. Do not care for. Um, and, in fact, I mentioned audience questions, and we should get to those. But first, how about a thank you note to our sponsors?
1: Certainly. <laughs> is sponsored in part this week by sunbasket you can fuel your body and nourish it without having to do a ton of work with the easy to prepare meal kit delivery from sunbasket um sunbasket is a great service for us in a couple ways i really love how um the portions are very well portioned. Uh, we hardly ever have leftovers just for two people. Um, and they all come, all of the well, you meal say kits. Well, two
0: people, but at this point, we're two and a half. Two I and mean, a BV half. I mean, B.B. eats what we eat. That's true.
1: Know? That's true. Um, th- the way that they package the meals, uh, it all comes in one bag. You just, uh, each meal. And you just toss it in the fridge and pull it out when you're ready for it. Um, And the produce is really great. It's fresh. Uh, They have some organic produce as well. And it
0: introduces you to new things. Like we just had um, uh, a meal with beef skewers, but also in there was Asian pears. Mm, Which, I mean, it's, they not were something, delicious. Yeah, it's not something I would think about buying when I was at the store. And BB, like, loved them.
1: Loved them. Um, they have lots of options to try new things. You can try paleo or gluten-free or lean and clean or vegan. And they even have diabetes-friendly. They have family-friendly options. Um, we have We have some in the fridge right now. Yeah, we enjoy it.
0: Like I said, just did beef skewers last night, night before last. Mm -hmm. It was really good.
1: So, and I will also say,
0: super easy. Yes, like it. It was a good, tasty, healthy meal that took me about fifteen minutes to make. It was great.
1: It was great. Our listeners can get $35 off their first order at sunbasket.com slash schmanners. That's sunbasket.com slash schmanners for $35 off. One more time, sunbasket.com slash schmanners.
0: I also want to tell you about canvas people, which is not as I originally thought about like paintings that come to life or like,
1: <laughs> I don't know,
0: some kind of like scarecrow made out of canvas. No.
1: We should run that by them.
0: That they should have paintings that come to life?
1: Yeah, I like that.
0: Like in Harry Potter? Yeah. I think about that all the time, by the way, now that there's like live photos that you can take with your phone where you hold them and they move. I'm like, that's Harry Potter. Oh my goodness. Okay, so here's the thing. Maybe you're looking for, I don't know, a meaningful gift for a significant other or you want to get, like for right now, we have, you know, our beautiful daughter and grandparents always want something to kind of capture that moment well here's the thing canvas people prints your favorite memories on canvas and turns them into unique works of art that add a beautiful touch to your home with canvas people you get your favorite memories pin printed to cherish and beautiful prints that look great on any wall
1: listen i think that you can even get the kind where it like wraps around mm-hmm. like a like real art <laughs> you know what i mean yeah in a museum
0: i mean listen old stuff print out your photos put them in a frame right that new hotness, Let's go to canvas, people have it turn into a work of art. Maybe you want a picture of your dog. Like this is something we would definitely do for Buttercup or we mm-hmm. would do for Willow. Or if I'm being honest, I would do for myself that I would have a picture of me hanging in my office. Teresa's looking around at walls right now where there are there. I'm looking at a picture of me right there.
1: <laughs> I would do this.
0: So. As a special, very limited holiday offer, CanvasPeople.com is offering their popular 11 by 14 photo canvases for free. That's right, free. These normally sell for 69.99, but for this week only, you'll pay nothing. Just cover shipping and handling. To get your free canvas, text Schmanners to 797979. That's S H M A N N E R S. 797979. Just pay shipping and handling. This offer won't last long, so text Schmanners to seven nine seven nine seven nine. That's Schmanners to seven nine seven nine seven nine. Message and data rates may apply. Since the dawn of time, screenwriters have taken months to craft their stories. But now three Hollywood professionals shall attempt the impossible break a story in one hour. That's right. Here on Story Break I, Freddie Wong, Matt Arnold, and Will Campos, the creators behind award-winning shows like Video Game High School, have one hour to turn a humble idea into an awesome movie. Now an awesome movie starts with an awesome title. I chose the billionaire's marriage valley. Mine was Christmas Pregnant Paradise. <laughs> okay, next we need a protagonist. So I've heard Wario
1: best described as libertarian Mario. <laughs> and of course, every great movie needs a stellar pitch. In order to get to heaven sometimes you gotta raise a little hell oh, that's the tagline <laughs> check out Storybreak every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts
0: how does this sound a weekend on a beautiful mountaintop in California you wake up eat a tasty meal with some new friends some old friends maybe the host of your favorite podcasts after that it's a couple of inspiring classes spectacular podcast tapings a hilarious stand-up showcase a dance party and more and s'mores all of this can be yours at Max FunCon, returning to Lake Arrowhead next June. Tickets go on sale Friday, November 23rd. Put that on your calendar because Max FunCon tickets always sell out. Get a head start planning your next summer vacation and go to maxfuncon.com to learn more. All right, let's do some questions. First, this isn't a question, actually, but this is from oh, okay. Mary. And Mary said, not a question. But a story, because I can't even believe it really happened. In high school, we had Matchmaker Week where everyone answered a survey, and then as a fundraiser, we could buy our results. A list of 20 student matches and our percentage compatible. We did this in school. Mary, I did that too. I don't think it was high school. I think maybe it was like middle school.
1: Well, this is something that has been around since the 1920s. Really? Yeah. This kind of like scientific approach. It's what what eHarmony does. I mean, I guess that's true. I mean, it's basically just a survey. And if you hit the same, you know, multiple choice question, then you're, quote, matched up. It's It's not a difficult thing to do.
0: I don't think that this was done, though, because I'm seeming to remember it as being either elementary school or middle school, and I don't think it was framed for us as like a romantic matchmaking so much Mm. as it was just like a friendship compatibility test or something like that. I
1: think that's how it was framed for us as well. I do recall taking something like this in my science class um, because we were talking about how, you know, compatibility and probability and matching and all this kind of stuff works but
0: I think that that's listen folks I'm sorry but I think it's garbage and I'll tell you (laughs) why listen Teresa and I there's many things that like we agree on and that we're similar on but like there's also equally as many things that we are different like we were just yesterday talking about our supermarket shopping styles and how completely different they are and like we wouldn't have matched up as compatible answering questions about that. I just think, I don't know. There's a certain part of like compatibility testing where I'm like, I get that. If it's like, I guess super scientific where it's like matching two puzzle pieces. But if you just pick up two identical puzzle pieces, they don't go together. That's not (laughs) how puzzle pieces work. Okay. This is from Yakly. How do I politely turn down my well-meaning friends who want to set me up on a date?
1: Um, I think that this goes back to like the relationship that you have with your friends and where you cultivate like an honest and open discussion. And I th- you might want to try and see to get to the bottom of why they want to set you up, um, because I'm certain that they care for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if they want to set you up, maybe they think that this would help you in some way. Um, and if that's not the kind of help you want, you should talk to them about it
0: yeah and you know what I also would say not to not answer your question, but maybe part of it to you is like rather than saying one hundred percent no saying like hey, I want you to like just stop bringing every single idea to me you have, bring me your best ones yeah and let's we'll filter
1: these ideas yeah
0: let's filter it down a little bit and like then we'll talk, but right now you meet like make a new friend or like see somebody at the park and you're like this person (laughs) the person with the blue coat and what's their name i don't even know yet like okay well maybe maybe we narrow that down a little bit friends yeah um a a speaking of uh different sides of a coin uh alternate takes melissa asks how do i ask my friends to set me up without seeming or feeling awkward or desperate
1: um I don't think that any of this comes across as desperate.
0: No, people love setting people up.
1: <laughs> they do it is something that is quite fun. Um but I I think that well first of all, make sure that your friends have a relationship with that person. Um because it would be it would be very out of their way for them to have a relationship with the person you want to be set up with and then have to hey become friends with that
0: person and then set me up with
1: them. <laughs> exactly exactly so make sure that they have a relationship like that um, and then I I don't know we've talked about this before it is not impolite or it you shouldn't feel awkward about um, stating your needs and asking for things that you want. Um, because the worst that your friends could say is no.
0: Yeah. I I think also um, lower the threshold a little bit, and rather than saying, hey, set me up on a date with this person, say, like, hey, I think that that person is interesting. Could we arrange, like, something where we will be in the same place so I can get to know them better and they can get to know me?
1: Even, Even if, like, in a different way, maybe provide the situation already say i'm having a board game night that person that we met at karaoke was really awesome bring them them with you
0: right because i think that that's a lot easier than saying hey set me up on a date with that yeah do
1: all the work please yeah
0: that i think that's a little much of a burden to put on your friends
1: i wouldn't say burden i would say it's a large ask okay Well,
0: we can use synonyms all day long. That's fine. Um, Burden. Um, So this question comes from Jennifer. Sometimes a well-intentioned person may trick another into a date, such as arranging friends to meet in a romantic setting and not telling one or both of the, the plan. If you find yourself trapped in this situation, is there a way to bow out gracefully without hurting the other party? Oh, man. There are times like this where I don't miss being single at all. I I, I should be clear. I never miss being single.
1: I actually can't believe that this is something that happens in real life. This is something that I recall seeing in movies. I
0: I could definitely see this happening with a certain type of friend where it's like, yeah, all three of us are going to hang out. Oh, you know what? I can't make it. Like, I could definitely see that happening. I mean, here's the thing, y'all. We can sit here and talk about this all day long, but to some degree, I kind of tricked Teresa into our first day <laughs> and made Griffin go along with us, and that's a bigger story that I'm sure we've told on this podcast before.
1: But, I had an inkling that this was the case. so Yeah,
0: so like, I, I think that this is, well, okay, so uh, one, this is definitely a fool me once, shame on you kind of deal of like, if you have a friend who does this to you once, and then... Like, says, like, yeah, hey, we're all gonna... And you're like, uh, hold on. Are you doing this? Like, tell me what's up. Let And I think the other thing to do is, once again, I think if you find yourself in this scenario, I think you say to the other person in this scenario with you, like, hey, I think our friend is trying to set us up on a date. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, but I'm a little uncomfortable with it. Um so, you know, maybe we could just like grab coffee and then go separate ways or whatever. I think that there's something to be said about giving it a chance unless it absolutely is nothing and feels weird Yeah, unless and you're you are
1: completely unprepared.
0: Yeah, it, listen, if you're uncomfortable in a scenario and especially especially like a deep discomfort and I don't just mean like, oh, this is awkward to like I don't want like I need to get out of here you can you don't need to make any excuses you can dip I think that if it's yeah, like, I think
1: that you can say this isn't the, this isn't what I thought was going to happen I need to go
0: yeah state your name that's needs, it say the deal and because it's it's kind of you to worry about hurting the other party but sometimes part of being polite part of manners Is saying what you're honestly feeling rather than, like, dancing around and Mm -hmm. trying to cover up. Because here's the thing. At this point, the person who has done something wrong is neither you nor the other person in the scenario with you. It's the person who has tricked you both into this scenario. Right. And even if this is a thing where, like, let's say A, B, and C, right? A and C are on the date and B arranged it even if like B and C were working together, A is still completely in the right to say like, I don't want to be here. I'm sorry. This isn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, Thank you very much and have a great night. And then leave. Yep. And then go to B and be like, yo, what was that?
1: Yeah. Don't Don't, do that. (laughs) Don't do
0: that anymore. Because that's the thing. What really frustrates me about that kind of scenario, if, if someone does something like this is potentially A and C might have hit it off if it was done right right but trying to force that together it's like chemistry you know what i mean like there's a certain way to mix chemicals so that they don't explode you know (laughs) what i mean and that extends that's the end of my chemistry knowledge um so this question comes from katie one of my friends has a crush on my sister and is planning to ask her out soon however i know my sister doesn't like him back and will probably say no. Should I just tell him not to ask her? Or should I let things play out?
1: This is tough. Um, because if. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you if you warn the asker. That could backfire into the like maybe they'll double down. Or maybe they will, I don't know. This is hard. What do you think? What do you think? Yeah, here's
0: the tricky thing, right? There's no way to go to your friend and say this in a convincing way without saying, I spoke to my sister. If you ask her out, she will say no. At which point I think even though you are like avoiding the embarrassing situation, you have now added a different embarrassing situation Mm -hmm. in which you have already spoken about this person to your sister. And I think that that will end up just making them maybe a little mad at you. So
1: maybe the best thing is to let it play out and just be prepared to comfort and mend, right, when they're rejected. I think that might be a better idea uh, to have some sort of, you know, fun activity planned afterwards or... Even even if it's just <clears throat> some time to to, to let them kind of unwind a little bit with you.
0: I think that this is one of those cases where we really need to make clear and say explicitly, like, when we give answers to questions like this, we are not telling you, like, this is the path do this. Right now, especially, we're saying, like, this is what we would do mm-hmm. because that is what Teresa would do. What I would do is to go to this person and say, I don't think this is a good idea. Um, and and I'm not being careful. I just I don't know that you are her type or that you know she would say yes. Don't. So say. maybe
1: what you would say was you would go through kind of like their incompatibility, or you would talk about the reasons. Maybe, uh, for example, the sister would say no. Yes. Maybe you, their you know political ideas are different whatever. or whatever.
0: But what you don't want to do, Katie, is say something like, you know, she's just not really looking to date right now, or because there's all of these dodges that people say, right,
1: that that, he's not really into you, type, right. Idea. Problem is making air quotes. (laughs) The
0: problem is, is if you say something like, they're not really interested in dating right now, right? And then two weeks later, your sister starts dating someone Mm -hmm. or something. I think it's okay to say, like, listen, trust me, I know my sister. I don't think it's a good idea for you to ask her out. And and I, I also don't think you would be out of line to say, like, you are my friend and I don't want to lose you as a friend if it doesn't work out. You know, if you ask my sister and she says no, I feel like that would put a strain on our relationship. You know what I mean? Something like that.
1: Yeah, and then what I would do is, like I said, I would be just ready to catch and cradle. Yeah. I think.
0: And And you know what? Also, at a certain point, though, And this is a good lesson to take away when it comes to, like, this kind of casual friend matchmaking deal. Um, As we often say on the show, all you can do is all you can do. Mm -hmm. And this is, like, you know, you can tell your friends, like, I don't think it's a good idea. But then people get to make their own decisions. And, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. And it's the same as, like, if you have two friends that you think are absolutely perfect and they don't want to meet or they do meet and don't hit it off yeah that happened like that's it's called free will and that's what's <laughs> up you know uh so that's gonna do it for us this week thank you so much for joining us first i want to say thank you to maximumfun.org go check out all the other amazing maximum fun shows um i also want to say thank you to brent brent of floss black for intro hey. and outro music i remembered um we have a McElroy newsletter that we're working on you can go to bit.ly slash mail Um, Also, go check out all of our super cool merch at McRoyMerch.com, including a beautiful Schmanner shirt designed by Kate Leth and uh, like a Hello, My Dove, Hello, Dear uh, pin set also designed by Kate Leth that I think are super cute. Um, What else, Teresa? I already i stole your Brent thing. <laughs> yep,
1: yep. Um, thank you to Kayla M. Wassell for our Twitter thumbnail art. Thank you to Keely Weiss Photography for the cover banner of our Fan Run Facebook group. Go and join that group. There's some really great uh, faners giving out and getting some good advice.
0: Um, and I think that's going to do it for us. So join us again next week.
1: No RSVP required.
0: You've been listening to Schmanners.
1: Manners, Schmanners. Get it? <laughs>